Okay, are you guys ready this morning? Are you guys ready for a full hour of powerful words? It happens to be the fifth Sunday, and on the fifth Sunday, what do we have? Three amigos, yes. You know, I was thinking of like sports, you know, when you're, when you're on the bench and uh, you know you have what it takes and you're, 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 you're wanting the coach to put you in. This is an opportunity this morning where uh, Pastor Lynn, by the leading of the Spirit, is saying, I want to put you guys in the game and you have something to offer. And so I'm excited for all three of these speakers uh, this morning. Uh, it's going to be a powerful morning and we know that all three are anointed. All three have been seeking the Holy Spirit. All three have something from the Lord for each one of you. Amen? Okay, before I introduce this first speaker, she is an atmosphere changer. I get to work with her on a daily basis throughout the week. There are times where she'll just come by my office to talk about something administrative, and I will begin to feel the joy and presence of God. Amen? How fun it is to do administration in the presence of God. This, this woman is mighty. She's bold. She is anointed. So would you join me in honoring Fallon Hildebrand? He almost ran off without my, with my microphone. That would have been hard. How's everybody doing? Good? Awesome. Well, this morning I got to say I was a little worried I was going to show up wearing the same outfit as Pastor Tim. But thank you, Pastor Ezzy, for making sure that didn't happen wherever she's at. <laughs> um, well, I'm just so excited to be here with you guys today. It's honestly this the biggest joy and privilege to get to seek the Lord and share his heart with his people. So um, something that I really felt like the Lord wanted to have me speak on today was joy. So it's funny that Pastor Matthew brings that up. And as I started to kind of think about what I wanted to speak on, I started thinking about things that make me happy. And there's a lot of things that make me happy. A good cup of coffee, fishing, watching the sunrise, sweet little babies, baby cows. But what I realized as I started thinking about those things is those things only bring me happy, happiness for a moment. They're circumstantial. They are fleeting things that, that make me happy for a time but don't last and so then the Lord really started to speak to me about what the difference is between happiness and joy. And what I realized is that the feelings that I get from those things were fleeting, but the, the joy that I have in the Lord is not contingent upon circumstance. It's, it's a state of being that I get to walk in every single day. And something that he really reminded me of is that joy gets to be our inheritance. It's, it's something that we get to walk in based on what he's paid for. Um, so in Psalm 1611, it says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So that just is a reminder that, that joy comes from the Lord's presence. And so we get to have joy based on the confident hope we have in Jesus and our salvation his promises, the gift of the Holy Spirit gently guiding us every day, the people he's placed in our life, answered prayers, like the list goes on and on. But I had a moment, honestly, I think this was Tuesday morning. I was walking um, just on the riverbank before work, just 
with the Lord, just praying and just thinking about things, watching the sunrise. And I had this moment where the Lord reminded me that I'm literally living in so many answered prayers. Like, it was one of those, like, come to Jesus moments where I was like, oh my goodness, like, you are so faithful. You, like, I'm literally living in your goodness, things that I've contended for my whole life, like, where you've brought me to, the people you've placed in my life. I just began to feel this lightness, this peace, and this joy that I just started busting up laughing while I was walking, just thinking about how good the Lord is. And that feeling that I was feeling was not a product of something that I could have created on my own. Um, that is a feeling that I get to live in because of what Jesus has done and what he's paid for. And, you know, in my past, honestly, I relied on a lot of things to bring me happiness. Um, I, they were external things that I basically was searching for anything that could bring me a moment of happiness. But what I realized looking back now is a lot of those experiences, people, things, substances, like they became idols in my life and things that I kind of idolicized over the Lord and things that only really ended, I still ended up coming short. They only brought me momentary satisfaction. And with that, there was a verse that was on my heart. It was Psalms 40, verse 4. But as I began to read just a little bit ahead of that, I, to get some context, the Lord just knew I needed to, to hear all the verses. So I want to share that with you guys. Uh, Psalms 40, verse 1 through 4, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or those who worship idols. And so it was just like a, I was like, wow, Jesus, you're so fun. Like the way he leads us and guides us to what he knows we need to see in that time. Uh, it was just a reminder to me that, that those who put their trust in the Lord will have joy. And that just brings me to the fact of, like, it's really a lot simpler than we think. Joy comes when we turn our eyes to him, when we fix our gaze to him. And all it really took for me was a simple choice. When I decided to stop settling for choosing the things that only brought me momentary gratification, and I decided to choose Jesus, he turned my happiness into joy. And I feel like a lot of times we think that those words are synonyms, but they're really not. Um, joy is something that we get to live as a lifestyle. Yeah, something that can last. So, and I think when it, when it comes to feeling like we've lost our joy, I think it kind of, it brought up this, this repentance moment for me where I was like, okay, Lord, I haven't been living in continual joy why is that and i and i feel like we have sometimes a negative connotation attached to repentance it's like we have this i have to mindset where i have to stop being with this person or i have to stop doing this thing or i have to feel shame or guilt but really it's his kindness that leads us to repentance so instead of having a i have to mindset we can have an i i get to mindset i get to live free I get to live sober-minded. I get to live in victory because of what Jesus has done. And so repentance is honestly like, it's not just this 
moment that we have in exchange with the Lord. It's a lifestyle that we live out with our choices every single day. So it's not just, oh, I'm sorry I did this, Lord, please forgive me. It's, okay, I did this thing, now what do I do instead? Like, choose and run with the Lord. Um, And so when we feel like we've lost our joy, we need to assess where our focus is. If our focus is on the things of this world or fleeting substances, things, people, you name it, if our focus is on those things, then we're always going to come up short. Um, But if our gaze is truly fixed on Jesus, then we will be living in increasing and continual joy. I even had a moment recently where I felt like I had lost a little bit of my joy. And I was like, okay. It was a longer process than it should have been for me, I'll be honest. But I finally had to realize, okay, I'm as close as I want to be to the Lord today. Like, where's my gaze fixed? And it really, it wasn't fixed completely on him. And the moment that I decided to turn from what I was focusing on to turn to Jesus, it was like, in a, in a moment, my joy was restored. And he, he truly is just that kind that he wants us to live in joy. So that brings me to Psalms 97:11. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. So good. And then, so good. I'm going to read that again. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. So good. Um, and then I also want to share with you John 16, 24. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So that's just the simplicity reminder right there that all we have to do is ask. He is faithful to want to give us those things as long as we go to him and ask him for it. So what does it look like to live a lifestyle of joy? I think it's a lot more practical than we think. I know Pastor Lynn talks a lot about living with an attitude of gratitude And I think for me, something that's really helped me keep my focus on the Lord is waking up every morning and instantly thinking of three things that I'm grateful for and just thanking him for it. In Psalms 100, it says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so one way you can stay in step with the Lord's presence is by thanking him continually for what it is he's doing in your life. That might be something as simple as thank you for the fact that I woke up this morning. Thank you for coffee. Thank you for friends, family. Could be as simple as you make it or as deep as you make it. Something too that Pastor Matthew and I do a lot in the office where typically some of the first people to get there is, whether he gets there first or I do, we'll be like, all right, good morning, what are three things you're thankful for? And we just start our day thanking Jesus for what he's done in our lives. And honestly, when we live with an awareness of what he's done and what he's doing, we begin to trust that he is who he says he is. And that he will fulfill his promises. Because living in joy is recognizing his presence in our lives because he is joy himself. So when we are walking in step with his presence, there's no possible way that we can't not live in joy. <laughs> um, and then we all know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So I want to share with you a verse out of John 15, 8 through 11 that says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. 
yes, your joy will overflow. So this is just very practical in my eyes of like, he kind of lays it out for us here of how to stay in step with the Lord. If we are obeying his commandments, if we're remaining in his love, if we're abiding in him, then we're going to stay in step with the Lord and live in his joy. And he promised us that if we do these things, we'll be filled with his joy. Yes, our joy will overflow. Like, that's good news. Yeah, it is. Wow. So, yeah, I just, I just feel like the Lord really wants us to walk in radical joy. And all it really takes is a simple choice to turn from whatever it is we're focusing on and fix our gaze to him. And he wants to walk it out with us. So that's just an invitation for us all, I think. Are we going to choose to live in brief moments of happiness? Or are we going to choose to step into our inheritance and live in the fullness of joy that he paid for? Amen. Awesome. Wow. How many are excited to live a lifestyle of joy? Man, that was a good, good word. Okay, our next speaker has never, ever been a three amigo, but today he's going to be a three amigo. And as I was thinking of this guy, I'm like, how do I introduce him? I was just like, Holy Spirit, what do you say? Sturdy and steady. This guy is sturdy and steady, trusting in the Lord. And I don't know if he felt ready when he was asked by Pastor Lynn, but I just feel in my spirit, he was ready. He was ready for today. The Lord has made you ready. So join me in honoring Ryan Bro Dean. Great start. <laughs> Love the support. All right. Well, I just want to first say thank you to the entire, entire pastoral staff for just the opportunity to be up here. I've always thought the three amigos thing is really cool because I think it speaks a lot to the leadership, just that they are so much about building a platform for people to propel above them on. And I just think this is such a cool and unique way to do it. So I really appreciate that. Um, To start off, I guess some of you who may know me better than others, I'm generally quite an analytical person. So I'm thinking things through, calculating things out. So when Pastor Lynn called me and asked me about speaking, he said, you have about 12 minutes. And so the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, I got 720 seconds. What am I going to say in 720 (laughs) seconds? And um, that's just how my mind works. And so I've been trying to grow in my ability to just be spontaneous with what God is saying and just hear his voice and act on it. So I immediately asked God, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to share? And something came to mind, but I kept kind of wrestling against it because I didn't want to, it didn't really make sense. And so what God brought to my mind when I thought of 720 seconds, I thought, the rule of 72. I was like, oh no, that's some boring math formula. Like, what does that even mean? I don't want to get up there and share about that because everyone's going to tune me out, whatever, you know, whatever they're thinking. Or they're going to bring back nightmares of math class or math tests, things like that. And I did not want to do that. But it just kept ringing in my mind. 
And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically a simple formula that, you're, that you use to calculate how long it will take to double an investment. So for example, say you have $1,000, it's growing at 6% a year, it will take you 12 years to double because 72 divided by 6 is 12. So that's the basic of it. And I believe what God wants to share through that is that the more interest we have in maybe our relationship with him or whatever we're doing, the more we reinvest, the more we put into something, the quicker we're going to see the return, the growth, the change. So I want to start by reading this proverb. It's Proverbs 8, 32 through 36, and it says this. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Now we're going to come back to this proverb in a second, but I have a question for you. How many of you have been in some sort of sales position before? Can I get a raise of hands? Okay. So you know if you've been in sales, you're generally probably having to make cold calls or knock on doors or do something, some sort of prospecting to make things happen. And sometimes along the way, you might get called names you've never heard before. You might <laughs> catch somebody at the wrong time. But you have to keep going, right? You have to keep going. And if you don't, then you're probably not going to fulfill your potential within that position. You're probably going to maybe have to switch jobs or do something else. So you've got to have discipline, right? You've got to have discipline to keep going, keep doing these things. And so we look back at that proverb. It talks about watching daily at God's door. You could also say there that if you want to watch daily at God's door, you've got to have discipline, right? You have to be consistent in that. And if you're out there thinking, well, I'm just not a disciplined person. I just don't have that within me. I'm not very good at seeking God's face on a daily basis. I guess what I would say to you is this. In Scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7, it also says that, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So if the Spirit of God is in you, then you do have the authority to be self-disciplined. You do have the authority to seek His face and knock daily on His door. And if you're not doing so, you're telling yourself otherwise, you're believing a lie that's not true. So let's go back to the rule of 72. So say, say you have an investment and you're getting 1% interest on it. Most of you know that's not very good. It's going to take you a long time for that to grow into something, right? So you think about that in terms of our spiritual walk. You know, say 1% interest is the equivalent of maybe coming to church every once in a while, or maybe you have, you know, a really cool encounter one time and then you don't come back for a while or you don't seek God's face for a while. Maybe let's equate it to that. So it's fair to say that in that situation, you're probably not going to see much change. You're probably not going to see much growth, right? And if we look back at the proverb, it says this. It says, those who fail to find me harm themselves. And I don't believe that God is saying, oh, you're physically going to be harmed. But I believe what God is saying is that if we're failing to find him, we're, we're failing to watch at his door, we're failing to realize who he's called us to be, we're failing to realize what he says about us, so then we don't get to step into who he's called us to be, what we're capable of doing. We're not able to declare things over situations because we don't even know what we can declare. And so we're losing out on the potential of who we are and who we can be. 
So let's look at another scripture. James 3.18 says this, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So if you want to be called a peacemaker, right, you're not somebody who just sows one seed of peace, right? You're somebody who sows seeds of peace, and you become a peacemaker. So say your family's in disorder, your workplace is in disorder, and you want to change the atmosphere. That's not to say God can't change it in a moment, but if you want to see change, you have to consistently show up bringing peace, bringing peace, bringing peace, bringing peace, and eventually the peace will outweigh the disorder, the atmosphere will change, the culture will change, you'll see things happening, right? Or let's say you're starting a business, going back to the sales thing. If your expectation is that you make one call and your business is going to thrive and succeed, that's not reality, right? You have to show up on a daily basis. You have to keep, keep stirring, keep, keep doing things. I know for, for me personally, I've been doing commercial real estate for five years, and I still to this day feel like there's days where I'm on top of the world. There's days where I'm down in the dumps. Just this Friday, I had two deals I worked on for close to a year, both of them fell apart. And I have to choose to say, okay, on Monday, am I gonna get up and am I gonna, gonna keep going? Or am I gonna say, you know what? My potential's been reached. I'm not gonna try anymore. This is it for me. That's not what I'm gonna choose because I know in my career, in order to get where I wanna go, it's, it's a lifetime of daily watching, daily showing up. I wanna give a couple more examples too. So say I wanna learn more about the Bible and I want to be, and I look at somebody like Pastor Rutzen, and I say, you know, he just knows so much about the Bible. I want to become like him. But then when it comes to it, I, I start to believe lies and say, you know, I'm just never going to get to his level. So I'm just not even going to, I'm not even going to try because I'm just never going to get there. Well, if you talk to Pastor Rutzen, he would tell you that it's taken a lifetime of seeking God's face, of pursuing him, of reading the word to get to where he's at. So if my expectation is that I'm going to get there in a week or a month or a year, that's just believing a lie. That's not true, and that's okay. Or a more personal example, a vulnerable example for me, my wife, Christy. She's an amazing, anointed worship leader, preacher, all these things. And I could say to myself, you know, man, she's so good at that. I'm just never going to get up there and even try because you know, what if I'm not as good, or what if this happens, what if that happens, and what if, you know, what if, what if, what if. But Christy's also been doing this for nine years. She's been stirring things up. She's been pursuing. She started somewhere, and she's grown to where she is today. So if we fall into the trap of believing those lies, then we never, we never seek the face of God. We never see what potentially has for us, and we miss out on so many things. And so I just want to, I just kind of want to give a charge, I guess, to all of us. It's just that, you know, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter if you come to church all the time, it's your second time here, if you're 20, you're 60, you're 50, wherever you're starting, we just have to look ourselves in the mirror. We have to humble ourselves and say, you know what, Lord, here I am. This is where I'm coming from. I know, you know, I'd like to be here, but I'm here, but here I am. Shower your blessing, your favor upon me, and I'm going to submit myself to you and be disciplined to seek you on a daily basis so I can receive what you have for me. Because if we don't do that, we're never going to see what, what God has called us to. We're never going to be up on stage like I am today. Like I said, I could have said no, and, and I could have just kept watching people do this, and I never would have known what potential I had. So I just want us all to, let's just all bow our heads, let's pray together. I just, I, I just believe that God 
is calling people in this room just to step into new things. Doesn't matter if you're young or old, if you feel like it's too late or wherever you're at, I just believe God is calling us to something new and he's, and he's pressing us in and just saying, you are, you are disciplined, you have power, you have authority to step into these things. So God, we just, we just come to you with open arms and we just, we just receive your love and your favor and your blessing today, God. And we just, uh, we just thank you that, that you give us self-discipline, you give us power, you give us love, you give us authority to walk into situations, God, that we don't have to do it on our own. And Lord, that we don't even have to look around and compare ourselves. We get to know that you have a unique and an individual plan for each of us and that all we have to do is submit ourselves and walk, walk in your path and, and knock daily at your door, waiting in your doorway, God, to receive your blessing and your favor, Lord. So I just pray that you would just, just bring fire in hearts, Lord, fire in minds to just step out in faith, to just step out and know that it's not too late, you're not behind, what God has for you today is something beautiful and amazing, and we're ready to receive that. So we just thank you, Lord, for who you are, the amazing Father you are, and just all the things you have for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, aren't we blessed this morning? The wisdom of of a lifestyle of joy, the wisdom of a lifestyle of discipline, daily discipline. Okay, we got one more speaker. This guy is an original amigo going back nine, ten years. Uh, he is a brother. He is a leader in my life. Um, he knows who he is, and he knows what he has. And I just honor him this morning because I believe he's got a powerful word just to close us off this morning. So would you join me and stand as we honor Pastor Tim Martinez. Went in to shake his hand and he asked me for a hug. And so, wow. Wow. Well, um, to start off, I feel extremely underdressed. Um, thanks, Fallon. <laughs> we were in the prayer rooms getting ready to pray, and I felt this hand on my back, and I turned and looked, and there's Ryan, and I, like, looked at him, and I looked back at him, I looked him up and down, and I was like, dude, you did not get the memo. Like, <laughs> oh, no, he got it, and he brought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I, I made a few other comments, but I'll keep them to myself. So, what an amazing time to be in the house of God, right? And just to be, to be uh, transparent and honest, to just have a heart that wants to please him in everything that we do. Um, before I get into my verses, I got to tell you, I, I was, uh, this past week, I was on my way uh, to visit a family member, and I was in the car, and I turned on worship music, and I was praying, and, and uh, it was pretty late after I had, I had helped us get the kids to bed, and, and I was on my way down to visit a family member, and, and I was praying in the car, and, and you know, when you're in the car, you just start to just worship, and you're singing along, and then you bust into tongues, and you just kind of, it's, it's your car, it's your domain, you can, you know, you're having, you're having a great time with the Lord, and I, I caught myself, just kept saying, Lord, I want more, Lord, I want more, Lord, I want more, has anybody ever been there? 
right? And, you, and I just kept repeating that over and over and over. And I could feel him like filling the car more and more. And then finally, I was like, Lord, I want more. And I got this check from the Holy Spirit that was like, I've already given you all that I, all that I can. And I was like, what? Like, you're God, what? And instantly, I was driving, eyes were still open, I didn't get into an accident, thank you, Jesus. But instantly, I went into this, like, kind of vision thing where there was this, I was sitting with this bowl in front of me, and I was drinking through a straw, and I would drink, and I just, you know what I mean? You guys, for those of us that, you know, you're thirsty after a long day, a hot day, especially as of yesterday, and even, like, what's happening today, and you get the cold, refreshing water, and you put the straw, and you start drinking as fast and as hard as you can, because you're so thirsty and 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 i was like doing that and then i'd pull back and i'd say lord i want more and so the 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 jar the the bowl in front of me would start filling up and filling up and i just kept saying more 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 until finally like i said the lord checked and was like but you're 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 using the wrong straw and i was like what and again he was like you're using the wrong straw you're limiting me to this when you're supposed to throw the straw out the window. And so in my mind, I was like, Lord, I just want a bucket over me. Like, I, I want to be like a sea world, be in that first few sections where I want the glory just to splow or uh, to splash over me. It's like, and I was thinking about that as we were coming into this week and it was like, man, and then all, Pastor Lynn asked me if I would be the last person to speak. And I started putting this, the message together. And it was a moment where it was like, Lord, I, I, I don't know if this is really what I'm supposed to talk about. And everybody today and everything that they talked to me about, they kept talking about water. Where's the water at? Where's the water bottle? Where are we getting water from? What's happening with the water? It seemed like every worship song had water in it. It was like everything that started just kind of going through. Then, then Fallon gets up here and talks about joy. And Ryan gets up here and starts teaching me math. And I was like, dude. <laughs> Okay, was I the only one that I was like, wait, can you repeat that? Let me, I gotta find a pencil. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I'm a principal of school. I'm supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> he, he, I was like, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But it's like, to, to know the increase, that God wants to increase in you. God wants to increase over you. But it's up to us to release the limitations of his spirit. We are the ones who limit him. We think it's God. We think it's, it's his, by, and, and no, the whole entire time the Bible's trying to teach us, it's by his strength and his power, we're limiting by how we think or what we speak of. The authority that you carry has already been placed inside of you. What matters most is, am I actually going to release the authority that he has given me? Over and over again, I've told you guys, and I've been vulnerable, and I've told you that, like, I've determined, or I've determined, I've thought, like, am I really supposed to be doing this? Am I really supposed to be making this? What am I doing? And it's like, the whole entire time, God's like, I've placed the gift inside of you, but you have just never accessed it within you. Because I've been trying to drink through a straw this whole entire time when God's saying, no, that's, that, you're limiting what I want to do. You're limiting my power. You're limiting what I want to do in your life. It's time to like overflow and just like grab that bucket and just splash all over you. We do it on a hot summer day when we go into the pool. I don't know if you're like, sometimes it's like dip the toe in and be like, I got to make sure. First off, is it sanitary? The secondly, is it cold enough? Is it too hot? You know what I mean? Like those things don't run through your mind. When you're sweating and it's been a long day, you don't care what the temperature of the pool is. You just care that it's clean water. Or it doesn't even have to be clean. You don't care at that point. You don't care. You just jump right in, don't you? 
You could be fully clothed. You could don't have to have your swimsuit on. You could care less about your floaties. What matters most is I got to get into the water where God wants me to be. That's the glory of God inside of each and every one of us. We have missed it, I'm telling you. So I got to go through some of these verses because I don't want to take a whole lot of time. Um, at Judges chapter 7, verses 2 through 9, we're going to, man, I'm telling you, like, if you could see my notes, you'd be just as excited as me right now. Like, because I, we'll, we'll get to it at the end as we start talking about like what, uh, no, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Judges chapter 7, starting with verse number 2. Uh, it says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. God is saying, I'm, I'm nervous for what they're going to say, what's going to be released out of their mouth when they start to talk to me. Okay? So it says that we're, uh, of their own strength. Therefore, tell the people whoever is timid. Did I go to that? Yeah. Therefore, tell the people whoever is timid um, or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 soldiers of them went home. These are supposed to be the biggest, the baddest, the dudes that take the army, right? And when he said, if you're scared or you're afraid, go home. Only leaving only, uh, leaving only 10,000 who are willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there is still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them. Uh, test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. One group put them, uh, one group put all those who cup the water with their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. And the other group put all of those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the, of the 10,000 of the men drank with their hands. All of the others got down and kneeled and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. And that night, the Lord said, get up, go into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory. There's a few different points I want to I point out to you here in the next few minutes, but there's a few different things I want to just kind of point out to you. We first read where, where the Lord is talking to Gideon, and he says that I don't want you to take all the people because they're going to boast within themselves. They're going to say that I have overcome. I have done it myself. We see that in today's society over and over again with self-help books and all the different things that are trying to get us to say, no, you have it within you. Just the power that's within you. You have it within you. I mean, all these things are trying to get you to focus on I, me, I did it. I can bring me through. And the whole entire time, God is saying, I don't want them to release the I within them. I want them to release the God that's living within them. He tells Gideon, I don't want them to be where they get through the things. And all of a sudden, they have now forgotten the promises of God. That they're now trying to rely that it was because of something of my own sword or my own strength or my own weapon. But it still has to be back that we have the victory because of the God that died on a cross years ago and was risen from the grave so that you and I can have life and life more abundant. Yeah. 
It is, and he's telling the Israelites, he said, I don't, or he's telling Gideon, he's having this conversation. He says, I don't want them to boast of themselves because there's so many times that I fall into this category as well. I'm not trying to say it's just you. It's, it's myself as well. We pray more when we are in need of something. We seek the face of God when we need him. We feel like something just happened in my life and now we're trying to seek him more. But yet, as Ryan was preaching, and he was talking about, like, just like Pastor Rutzen, great example, of, of how it's a lifestyle that we live every single day. Gideon is, is, being talked, is, Gideon is talking to God, and, and the Lord's saying, I don't want them to rely on who they think they are. I want them to rely on the God that has already brought them through so much. He tells them that all the people, uh, you see, here's where, here's where God says, he tells them that it's, it's going to be something that they're going to boast about from their mouth. Do you know that God cares about what comes out of your mouth? He cares about our words that we say. That's why every time we come together, we declare over our finances and declare over ourselves and everything. Like, I love it. We do it on, on, on uh, every school morning. We have our, our students uh, declare over their lives. We actually have them hanging in the wall. And, and every time we do a, a, a tour that someone comes through to, to look at our school, I always stop them and say, these are the words that we have them say every morning. Why do you do that? Because our words are so powerful and our students have to know that when they speak, that, that angels begin to listen. When they speak, heaven stands at attention. When they declare that that day is going to be a good day. When they declare that they're going to learn a lot. When they declare that, the, that their God is, is uh, powerful. And they declare that their prayers are heard. And here we are from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade teaching our children. This is how the word of the Lord will be spoken out of your mouth. Can I preach for just a quick second and tell us? That is what we have to do as adults. We preach no Holy Spirit, but half the time we act like it because we just try to teach it to our kids, but we don't want to live it as adults, right? Okay, hold, I'm not trying to like, listen, I'm a father, listen, okay? We do declarations at home, but I got a conviction when I was trying to have my kids, make sure you say your prayers before you go to bed, and then I just lay down, check Facebook, and then I pass out, right? And I, I, I'm still learning, so I'm telling you, I'm with you. But it's like we, we're, we're trying to teach our children to do something that we're not even trying to come into agreement with ourselves. And yet here's where God is telling, telling Gideon, he says, hey, no, what I want you to partner with is with me and what I want to do in your life. Not of something that you can come up with or not of something that you're going to proclaim out of your own mouth, but what I'm actually going to do inside of you. Okay, I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for it, I'm just telling you. I just know that what God wants to do is something so powerful, but we've got to take the limits off. We've got to quit trying to suck them through a straw and limit him to this when yet it's just got to be. Now when you get to the restaurant, like every time you go order a straw, huh, you're going to be like, that one time Pastor Tim said, forget the straw. You're going to throw the straw. But he comes down and he says, there's, there's still too many. From, from just telling him, if you're afraid, I want you to go home. And so over half the army leaves. And the Lord starts saying, there's still too many. What I wanted to do is I want you to go down. And so Gideon takes, takes them down to the water. And he says, for those of them that kneel on all fours and, and drink, of that, of dr drink of the lake on all, on all fours, or those that actually grab it with their hands and, and, and start to lick it like a dog or they're, they're with their tongues. Okay, here's the deal. The two different ways that he describes it is with his mouth and with his tongue. 
And he tells them there's two ways that they're going to drink the water. It's not just going to be the one that kneels down, but it's going to be the one that actually is using their tongue. It's actually the one that's releasing. It's actually the one that's using their tongue to be able to, to see. And I was, as, as I was studying this, I was trying to figure out, like, why would he choose the one that actually wow, was, was just cupping it with his hand and, and going like this? Like, my thought would have been like, man, first off, is there any hand sanitizer so I can clean my hands? Okay, just, just to be honest. Um, second would have been, why, why is it not kneeling just straight down? And I feel like as I was starting to study out, the Lord was saying it hadn't necessarily not how they were going to do it, but it was going to be the posture in which they're doing it. It was the posture because if they knelt down to put their face into the water, they were not able to look up. Their focus was now what was right in front of them instead of what was actually going to be coming at them. Can I also say that it also determines our mouth. So when I was going through it, I was like, okay, so then if you were to pick up the water and start looking, you're looking up as you're drinking the water. But can I also say that it also determines our heart posture as well? Because if I kneel down and all I'm doing is focusing on the situation right in front of me, I'm not seeing the goodness of God that's around me. But if I'm picking up the water, I'm picking up his goodness, I'm able to partake of his goodness and see where he wants to take me next. It determines our heart posture so that we can determine how much are we actually going to partake of him. How much are we actually going to soak him in? How much is he actually really, I mean, he already wants to give so much, but it's up to us again to release the limits on, on this amazing and powerful God. But it's up to us, to our heart posture. How are we posturing ourselves? And, and we, it can happen so many times, especially um, uh, as a father. A lot of times my, my thought process as we, we go to a place to go get the kids some shoes or whatever it may be, and I start thinking about like the finances. Is it going to be okay? If the budget, is everything going to be okay with the budget? And, and all these thoughts start coming into play and, and there's so many things, but yet it's like, is my heart posture to see the goodness of God or is the heart posture my situation in front of me? And what the Lord is trying to, I think, teach all of us is where are we positioning our heart? Are we positioning in such a way that we want to soak him all in? Are we positioning in such a way that I'm just going to limit because I want to put the limits on him? So the Lord tells him, divide him into two groups. And he tells him, so they're going to have to, uh, uh, he, he has all the different guys jump into two different groups. There's only 300 men that are left. That, that after thousands, 22,000 came down to 300. And he says, he tells Gideon, he says, with these 300, I'm going to rescue you. And you're going to have victory over the Mennonites. He says, uh, send all the others home. And here's the deal. Gideon starts to collect the ram's horns and the provisions from the other soldiers. And says, you're going to leave that here while you go home. And, and, and as I was thinking about it, the ram's horn... There's so many amazing things that we can, we can look into scripture and see of a ram's horn to be able to see the provision of God, to be able to see the glory of God, to be able to, to uh, uh, release as they would, they would blow into those horns, they would release. But can I also say that it was about the victories that had been won before, that when the ram's horns would be blown, they were proclaiming God has done it before and he can do it again. 
Because it's going to take our mouth, our tongue. It's going to take how we think because it's, that's what the Bible teaches us. It's got to be of a renewed mind every single day. That when we get up in the morning, I love it. When we, when we uh, uh, sometimes in the office, we'll, we'll say a declaration. They'll be like, click it. Because, you know, the little, the little clickers so we can declare things. And we want to count it. And we'll say, click it. Because it's like we can say so many things. And negative can come out of our mouth so fast, so easily, so quickly, unfortunately. But it takes a moment to stop and say, but was that of God? Is what I just said, was that, God's, was that the truth of God? And when Gideon is talking and he says, I want to collect all the things, he's saying, hey, I know you're, you're leaving, but I want to I collect because the testimony of what God has already done in your life, when it's released, it can also uh, bring victory into somebody else's life. We love testimonies. We do them all the time because we believe in the power of the spoken word that when our words come into alignment with heaven, that is when the glory begins to come all over. That is when healing begins to break out. That is when victories can be won. But first we have to uh, position ourselves, a heart posture with God, that am I posturing myself to be able to receive all that he wants for me so that I can be able to walk in victory every single day. I hope this is making sense. Does this make sense? So he tells Gideon to get up. I can't go into all the rest of the stories. They, they win. I mean, that's the end of the story, right? They, they win. The, the, they take the ram's horns. They, they divide out into three separate groups of the 300, 100 in each thing. They take a torch and they put it a, a jar of clay. And then they take the ram's horn. And then when they come around the city um, and, and, and they, start, they start to proclaim, it's the, 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 the word of the Lord and, and the sword of Gideon, or the sword of the Lord and the word of Gideon. Uh, they're going back and forth and they're proclaiming the word of God. And, and when, they, when, they, when they break the pot or the jar of clay and the fire begins to break out, the Bible teaches that the Midianite army then begins to turn on each other. And they're so scared. They're not fighting them. They're fighting each other. Can I tell you that when we take the limit off, you've already got the Holy Spirit wants to be inside of you today. He wants to live and breathe within you. But how many of us have put a jar of clay over him? Because, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm telling you, I've come from a place before where we, I limited a lot, where I literally walked in the doors and said, God can do amazing things, but he can't do that. That doesn't seem to be okay. And then when we begin to walk in this heart posture of, if he can speak through an animal, why can't he speak through us? He loves us even more than, than the animals. I'm not trying to downplay that, please, but I'm just saying he loves us more. It's like when we see the lilies and, and, and to know that he, he cares for us so much more and he wants to do so much in your life today. But can I ask you the question of how much are we limiting God? And you're saying, but he's a powerful God. He is, but he still gives us the power to choose. He's an amazing God. It's like one of those things where um, you, you, you download, you know, uh, whatever, let's just say it. You download for like a streaming service because you only want to watch one show on the streaming service. Okay, I'm probably hitting home with a lot of people. Does this make sense? And you only want to watch the one show, but you're missing out on all the other things that are on there. You know, it can be in our relationship with God. We just focus in that I just want him to be the God of my finances. I just want to 
I just want him to be the fight. No, he wants to not just be the God of your finances and bless you financially, but he also wants to bless you with health. He also wants to bless your family with restoration. He also wants to bless you with a clear mind. He wants to bless you with so much more. But it's going to be us to release it with our mouth. I got to tell you, as I was preparing this and, and putting it together and, and just, God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you, what's going on here? And it, it's like, as they won, as the Israelites won the army, it was only used by the mouth of what they were saying. They were blowing into the ram's horn. They were proclaiming the victory of God from before. They were releasing the fire from within as they had a torch in a, in a clay pot and they would break it. They were releasing the fire of the Holy Spirit. As I thought about Acts 2 when it says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone, uh, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in, in another language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They stood there, um, or I'm sorry, that's one through four. If we jump down to uh, 12 to 13. And it says they stood there. Yep, perfect. Thank you. And they stood there and were uh, amazed and perplexed what can this mean they asked each other but others in the crowd ridiculed them saying they were just drunk and that's all it's like peter ends up standing. i think the next the next verse can you put the next verse up there for me linda the next verse peter stands up and says these guys are not drunk like you think they are but they're filled there you go yeah so then peter stood up with the 11 and shouted to the crowd listen carefully all of you fall jews okay residents uh make no mistake about this these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming because it's only nine o'clock in the morning okay he says but no what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet of joel we can stop there because he says it, it, what he's looking at and what ends up happening is they release because they came into unity they came into into with each other they came in and they were following and obeying the commandment of jesus to go wait for the spirit to fall so they're walking in obedience to what god has for them and then he begins to pour out onto them in such a way that their mouth began to look like fire because what was coming out what was coming out was the spirit of god living within them so as we walk this life our heart our heart posture matters so much Am I positioning myself to be able to receive all that he's got for me? And not just receive, okay? But am I able to walk out because I know he's a God who loves and cares and cares so much about me? I think the question would be more asked if, would we follow God if there was no more blessings attached to it? Would we follow God if there was no more blessings attached to it? It's a good question to ask. But here's the deal. Like, like, like we said, like Ryan said earlier, it's the investment. Because we know when we give into his kingdom, not just financially, but of, our own, of ourselves, even financially as well, he's a God who takes it and multiplies it. Why? Because he wants to show you that he's a God above all other gods. No other God can do it just like him. 
No other God has a presence that fills the, the atmosphere like he does. No other God can take literally our mess, our sin, our mistakes, our failures, and give it over to him. And he literally says, now here's joy. Now here's love. Now here's peace. Now here's comfort. He has the greatest exchange rate. And it's the God that we serve today. Would you stand with me? Our mouth establishes the praises of his kingdom. Our mouth releases heaven onto earth. I want it to be in such a way that we, when we walk into our homes, we walk into our workplaces, we release it with our mouth. I'm not saying that you have to walk up to somebody and instantly start speaking in tongues and spitting in their face and all these things. And maybe that may have to happen. I don't know. Like, again, when we follow the Holy Spirit, he, he does some amazing things. But what if it was an extra smile that you walked in with because you had joy inside of your heart? Because you chose to walk in joy. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8, it just says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and uh, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live and in, in, to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. How many of you want to harvest everlasting life from the Spirit this morning? Yeah. But I guess the the the, the question or the challenge would be: Are we willing to release it from our mouth? Are we going to position ourselves this morning that it's not just for this morning and just to get us to the next Sunday, God? No, we want it to be an everyday lifestyle that we first seek his kingdom. And it changes everything. It does, I promise. I'm a living testament of it, of my family as well. We're living testaments of it. That when it comes into every moment to seek his face and every day to say his will be done, not mine, but his because I know that if I can sow into his kingdom, if I sow into a presence of God, if I sow into loving him more, if I, if I sow in, in, and seek his face daily, there's going to be so much more he wants to open up for us. I believe that we're getting ready to walk into one of the greatest revivals we've ever seen. I, yeah. But the question I start asking myself is, why not here? Why not me? Let it start. I don't want it to just start with somebody else. Hey, I'm sorry. I might be a little selfish in that. Um, it's, you know, selfish over the spiritual gift. But like, God, I want it to start with me. I want it to start right here with me and my heart posture. And me seeking your face daily. So would you close your eyes? Put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for you. And then our, our prayer team is going to come up and they're going to get ready for that as well. And. Yeah, I just really feel like while, while I was talking, you can keep your eyes closed, keep your hand on your heart. I just really feel like while I was talking, some of you started to think about those limits. Maybe it's something that we've got to clean out when we get home. Maybe it's something in the car, a radio station we might have to change, a, a playlist we might have to get rid of. But I think it's that, I think it's, I think it's like we've been preaching already from, I think it's a heart posture that, God, I want your joy, your peace, 
that passes all understanding. Maybe you've thought already that, God, I want to be a good parent. Where do I start? What do I do? I'm telling you, just seek his face. Because he's the perfect father. And he already wants to give you the correct downloads. If it's like for business, I'm really hearing like business right now. If you've even wanted to start your own business, I feel like the Lord's just saying he wants to give you that peace. Because he's saying when you take the risk in him and through him, when we take the risk even to step out for someone that we see in a cast at at Walmart, and we take the risk to just step out and say, hey, I want to pray for you. I, I see you in crutches. You don't have to walk in those crutches anymore. God wants to heal your body. I believe that what the limits that we're taking off, there is, there is literally going to be no limit to what God is going to continue to do in your life this week. So, Father, I just bless every single person in this room this morning. And even those that are watching online, we bless in the name of Jesus. Father, I say that we release the limits of you, Jesus. We release the limits of, uh, that we've put on there because we thought you had to do this or we thought you had to be this way or we thought you had to do those things. And yet the whole entire time you were just waiting for us just to open our mouth and, and release all that heaven wants to do in our family, all that heaven wants to do over our own bodies, all that heaven wants to do over our children. So, Father, we release heaven right now in the name of Jesus. I release heaven over every father and over every mother right now in the name of Jesus. I release heaven over every marriage that's represented in the house today. I release heaven over our Sunday school teachers that are teaching our children this morning, God. I release heaven over our next generation that are going to carry the baton and go farther than we've ever seen in the spirit, God. I release heaven over over the businesses that are represented this morning, God. I release heaven right now over each and every one of our ears that they'd be open and eyes to see what the spirit wants to do. And Father, we just say right now that you would just, we, we want to position ourselves. I'm sorry, I'm feeling this really strong. Is this okay? If you, if this resonated with you and you're saying, hey, I want to take the limits off, would you step out of your seat and come on down? I know this is like a big thing. I want you to come, 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 come on, come on. Let's declare it. Come out, come out. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying, hey, I, I, I'm ready to take the limits off. I've been limiting of what God wants to do. I'm ready. That's myself included. I've been, I don't know. I'm ready for passivity. I'm kicking it out the door. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastoral staff, we're going we're gonna to start coming through. We're going to start laying hands. But for those of you that are coming, they're still coming. Come on. We can make room, make room, make room. We still got a couple minutes. We make room. Yeah, for those of you that have come to the front, even if you're still in the aisles, if you want to, just put your hands out. Put your hands out. Just position. Whoa, it is strong right now. Whoa, there is. Whoa, I don't know what you've been contending for, but I feel so strong. Like what you have been praying for for the past two years is going to be coming to pass today. Today, this week, in Jesus' name. Like I've been feeling, like it it feels so strong. Like what you've been contending for, what you've been praying for, you've been asking for. That God wants to release that right now in the name of Jesus. God wants to release love over your family in the name of Jesus. God wants to release peace over you in the name of Jesus. Pastors, if you wouldn't mind, pastor staff, go ahead and start making your way through. We're going to start praying. We're going to play some songs, play some music. But Father, we just thank you, Lord, for these people that came forward to be able to, 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 that are saying, 
God, I just, I'm ready for the limits to come off. I'm ready for my tongue to be released. I'm ready for my mind to be clear. I'm ready for my eyes to see. I'm ready for my ears to hear what you have to say, Father. We just thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus.